Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 265. This week, we have the Rocket's Red Flare, Baldwin Escapes, Cute Cops, Fleecing the Fox, Food Deserts, Can I Get a Chicken, Stuffing Politicians, Florida Changes the Death Penalty, Good Credit Scores Get the Shaft, and President Biden's Second Term. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, Representative Emeritus, Ken Pullen. Hey, good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm all right, all right, all right. Yeah, how about the Atlanta Braves also being 14 and 5 this year? I, they as, are as off we, to as a as hot record. start. Yeah, as a record. Hopefully 17 and 5 after uh, this weekend. Yeah, and and with a roster that's been that's been depleted. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're playing really good this year. And I haven't watched a game yet. Is it small ball or are they knocking it out of the park? Long ball. Okay. Gotcha. So they, all uh, home runs. Yeah, not all, but yeah, they they've been playing long ball, which is so is so streaky uh, uh, hitting the long ball like that. Uh, yeah, but I prefer small more, ball. Yeah, but but there's has there been a lot more steals in Major League Baseball this year because of the the pitch clock basically and time and runners been able to time it a little better. Yeah, there have been. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, like that. I like that. Well, the, the disadvantage the pitchers have is they only have two disengagements. Per batter, yep, that's what. So it if he, yep, that, yeah, if he steps off a second time, you can walk to second base. There's nothing <laughs> he can do about it, right? So you just get a big lead and take off then. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I, I can't remember what the the new rules are ridiculous. There's a new rule that they're trying out, and I think the Eastern Carolina League or something like that that uh, allows a designated runner. Okay. So if you have somebody who is not particularly fast, but a good bat, he can hit and then his designated runner would come in and then they could both come back into the game. Oh goodness. That's too confusing. You know, and it I is play too confusing. Lo- yeah, I mean, I play a lot of golf and the, the USGA is making a lot of golfing rule changes, which some of them are good, but then they're also starting to try to separate the pro players from amateur players and I'm not a fan of that at all, but you know, some of the rules are good and, and some of them are not good at all. So it's interesting that all these leagues and a lot of it has to do, it feels like with speeding up either the game of baseball or around the golf. So it's, you know, how can we implement rules that make this event quicker? Yeah. And that's, I think that has to do with TV space and, and all that stuff. And, and uh, people's attention spans. Yeah. And that's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the, the people's attention span. It, it, <laughs> Now the, the the same people that complain about a, a baseball game going four hours and being three to two would have no problem doing the same time watching football come out twenty one fourteen. It's still the same number of scores. I know the football commercials now. The football they've almost ruined the NFL with all the TV timeouts. I went to a Falcons game last year. Every TV timeout's three minutes long. It's just a it's not a fun experience anymore going to a game. In my opinion, I, college games are a little different, but NFL games are, yeah. College, you're you're there for the the pageantry. Uh, you sit down and you watch halftime because you want to see the bands. Um, right. You know, I'm a Gator, and the new tradition is started the third quarter is to sing Tom Petty won't back down, <laughs> or then the third quarter. Right. And that was a spontaneous thing. They were just playing it on uh, over the the speakers after Tom Petty died, and. You know, all the all the, the everybody started singing along. The band tried to play, and they booed the band down and kept singing with uh, Tom Petty. <laughs> well, funny. now that we've gotten the, the sports out of the way, yes. So Musk goes boom. His heavy rocket on Thursday got a successful launch, uh, and then, as the engineers on the broadcast put it, a rapid unscheduled disassembly. Yeah, I wonder that this happened when the threat or when the plane was or the, the ship was trying to disassemble. So one of the pieces had to go, the other piece had to fall back down to the earth. I know that's a very technical description of what was occurring, but I think during that process, it just blew up over the Gulf of Mexico, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, it 
when it was trying to disengage the 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 first booster, uh, I guess it didn't the way it was supposed to. So it started going haywire with, uh, I don't know exactly what happened with, maybe the second engine was trying to fire and the second one. Mm-hmm. So it goes haywire, sort of like if you take the stick off of a bottle rocket right. and th- then it went boom. I wouldn't the- be surprised if someone, there wasn't a red button somewhere under somebody's desk when it started going haywire and hit it and, and, and destruct that sucker before it comes back to land. Yeah, where does this, I mean, all this just falls down in the gulf. I guess if you're that one unlucky person out there in your fishing boat, just a bad day, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but look, the odds are astronomically against yes, that right. happening. Yeah, it's like the odds of getting hit by uh, something coming from space, right? Or you got a better yeah, chance of winning a lottery. When Skylab came down, they kept talking about it hitting hitting Australia and, and all this stuff. Like, no, what, what's the world? 70% ocean? Right. Just off of that, there's a 70% chance you're not going to hit land. Yeah, so the, so the point of this mission, it sounded like, or this test flight, was to eventually send people to people on cargo to the moon and to Mars. How far are we away from sending people back to Mars at this point? <sighs> Decades. So it's still Look, a ways I, off. Do I think we can get, get, get back to the moon? Sure. We, we've already got uh, uh, capsules that, that, unmanned capsules that are, uh, uh, well, actually, we do have man capsules that are circulating the moon, so landing is, is not that difficult at that point. I'm sure some engineer would, would tell me how, how hard the math is, but mm-hmm. theoretically, if you can get within 70 miles of the surface of the moon, you should be able to set it down. Right. Mars is, is, a, is, a, Mars is a different issue because you're talking about months in zero who, G. Who was the actor that flew to Mars in that movie? I thought we'd already landed on Mars. <laughs> was that Matt Damon? Matt Damon, yes. That was a, a book that came out about landing on Mars and all the the uh, interesting things that happened once you got there. Well, I'm old. There was a movie called Robinson Crusoe on Mars. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody wants to go to Mars. It's just inhospitable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I mean the 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 rovers and and all that stuff to collect all the all the data we want. I'm not sure what Mars does for us as far as return on investment. So Elon Musk this week had a rocket explode. He took everybody's blue check marks away from people on Twitter. And then Tesla stock went down about 10%. So Elon's had a tough week, uh, it sounds like. Everything happens in threes. I'm I'm sure he will have to go home and cry on the shoulder of one of his 10 girlfriends. I wonder how he splits his time between SpaceX, Tesla, and Twitter. Uh, depends uh, where the cameras are. He's got a lot more time on his hands than I do. Yeah, right, so we I, got that time by not having time. time on I just his choose hands. not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you underachiever. <laughs> uh, I think for the most part, SpaceX uh, handles itself. He he shows up for the launches. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot that that Musk, as as smart as people think he is, is going to add to a conversation with literal rocket scientists. Right. I mean, he may walk into a meeting, go, can we do this? And they say, okay, we'll work on it. He walk out. But as far as nuts and bolts of the day to day, no, I don't think he's involved. Gotcha. Probably not in Tesla either. I I think he's at a a high level with with Tesla and he makes decisions like we're going to drop the price of this and yeah, I think he spends most of his time on Twitter now. It feels like I know yeah, he's. Uh, look, he, I know he tweets a lot. Tesla is sitting on tons of cash. They're fine. It's not that they adjust their price target back down to fifty bucks. I mean, he's still the stock price is what almost three hundred, even with it down. Yeah, no, I was going like to say that. I don't. I don't know if you off saw the, the story. And not to go off topic here, off script, but I, I saw a, a story this week where Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House in Washington, is trying to reduce the budget for next year. And they're trying to cut out some of the electric car subsidies and how those are set up. So with Georgia being such an electric car, you know, starting to produce a lot more electric cars, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. And I know Governor Kent wrote a letter to both of our senators this week expression his they're kind of saying about his displeasure around this and 
trying to figure out a solution where Georgia could still be a electric car sort of capital of the U.S. and, and ensure that people get subsidies for buying electric cars. Because if the subsidies are cut out, then we're probably not going to produce as many electric cars in Georgia. There's not going to be as many sold in Georgia either. Look, Rivian is a failure. I know Kemp is trying to trying to salvage it. I have seen, I've now seen, I think, two in the wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've they're only ugly, seen a couple. They're ugly as homemade sin. Yep. Uh, it's, well, the, the technology to support an all-electric all is, is decades away. We just, we just don't, we just don't have the infrastructure for it. And for Kemp, a Republican to stand up and stomp his feet and go beg two Democrat senators for more subsidies from the government. <laughs> I thought that makes was Makes a damn hypocrite. Yes. So anyway, how was your 420? Did, did you, did you roll one? Uh, no, I think I, no, I, no rolling in the household. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bullock County Sheriff's Office decided they're going to be cute. We'd not be doing our jobs if we didn't tell you not to smoke on 420. But seriously, just say no. Don't don't fall victim to peer pressure. Marijuana is a gateway drug. It can ruin your life. Think before you act. (laughs) Shut up. Yes, I I, I agree. I'm tired of the cute law enforcement post. Hey, I got tons of great friends in law enforcement but I will pick on them when we get cutesy with the law enforcement posts. I think the worst ones I see are stuff like this. And then also adver- advertising civil asset forfeiture and the cars that they've confiscated from people or the, or the money. I, I'm not a fan of these cutesy posts. Yeah. The, uh, there was one up that, uh, billboard talked about, uh, you know, turn turning in your ex and right. stuff like that. I saw that one. Um, just quit with the cute posts. Yep. Look, if you want to put something out that says, we know it's 420, but we'd like you to remind you that recreational marijuana is not legal in the state of Georgia and we'll put you in jail for it. Fine. Yep. That's a statement. The weed not be doing our jobs. Yes. No, you can do your job just fine. Keep your mouth shut and go enforce the law. I agree with you. I did see but where yeah, weed. I, I, I did see where legal weed in the U.S. last year, uh, what top thirty billion dollars in sales. You see, Mike Tyson is selling ears. <laughs> no, I've missed that. He's got he's got a weed company, and he's selling ears that have a, a bite out of them. Oh my goodness! I think he cut Holyfield in on it too. Uh, Cheech was on Fox Business uh, uh, last night with Kennedy. Because uh, he owns he owns a weed company also, <laughs> as you can imagine. <laughs> but uh, look, the 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 public perception of marijuana has changed. And look, I'm not a pot smoker. I heard 420 to me was just it was just a Thursday to get up and go to work. Uh, Same here. But I, I also don't think that a, a, somebody who likes to sit sit around a campfire and burn one every once in a while is is a bad person. I just don't care. Also, the the whole gateway drug is right out of the seventies. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you, look, you don't you don't smoke a, a joint and go. You know what? I've heard a lot about heroin. Yeah, let me go shoot some heroin. Yeah, so so Americans that said last year spent roughly thirty billion on legal marijuana, compared to twenty billion spent on chocolate. So Americans now are spending more on weed than they are chocolate, and sometimes those two are combined, right? Yeah, I was about to say, what about the weed infused <laughs> chocolate bars? What about a weed infused? Yeah, look, the the in places where it's legal, look, I don't like the smell of pot. Um, I've got a neighbor that that smokes weed, and 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 it annoys the the, the hell out of me when I've got you know I've got I've got uh, the door door the outside door for my, I've got a wraparound porch, got a door that goes out of the out on the porch. I leave that open to the bedroom and the, the front door open to get a nice cross breeze when it when it's beautiful weather like we've had, mm-hmm. and uh, and then like oh the skunk comes out. Yeah, I think a lot of people now are putting it in these vape pens and just uh, doing a THC in a vape pen so you don't get the smell, but you still get the, the high, I guess, that comes with it. Yeah, or or, or edibles or whatever. Yeah, I, just, a lot of edibles. Again, I just don't care. I know, me either. 
So Fox is having to come off with some serious cash. Yeah, so there's this lawsuit, Dominion Voting Systems, who makes all the voting machines in Georgia and I guess a lot of other states around the nation also. Over the last couple of years, there's been this stop to steal and Fox News was sued by Dominion. And before the case went to trial this week, well, it was scheduled to go to trial in New York City. They settled and Fox has to pay Dominion $787 million to avert a trial. And look, the trial would have been held in New York City. Yeah, so which you're going to lose the trial. Uh, they were suing for $1.6 billion, so they got got away with about half of what Dominion was asking. But you know who really lost? The lawyers. The lawyers that would have had another 18 months of billing time towards this thing. And yeah, on both they were sides. big losers. Yeah, on both sides. I mean, even if you if you're defending Fox News and you know you're going to lose, they they still they still have an entire legal staff to pay. Yep. Now a lot on the left were upset that this actually settled because they wanted this adverted Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson from having to issue apologies, which I think is what the left wanted. They wanted Sean and Tucker to say they were wrong and you know blah blah blah. But so this basically said that you know. We're going to pay the 787. No apologies from us. No admitting to any more wrongdoing on our part. Yeah, I'm kind of over Sean and and uh, uh, and Jesse and 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 the the, the those pundits. It, it, it's just the same shtick over and over and over with Tucker. Hey, look, yeah. when I see them off script and they're on somebody else's show, it's different. Uh, so I know I know it's a shtick they're doing. I just it, it gets tiresome. But then again, I watch Kennedy, and a lot of people find her tiresome because because of her antics. Yeah, I like Kennedy though. She's more uh, libertarian, small L libertarian, than the rest of them. So, and she has some good guests on. She has Spike Cohen on from time to time, and uh, other people that are in the liberty Shane movement. Hazel. Yeah, Shane. So she has a lot of people on the liberty movement, and they have some actually pretty good debates, substantive yeah, debates. I mean, a, a guest we had on this show is a regular on on Fox Business with Kennedy. No, so, I like her show. Whole Foods is bailing on San Francisco, and Walmart is bailing on Chicago. Yeah, so Whole Foods opened less than a year ago in San Francisco. They're shutting up, leaving. Half of the Walmart locations in Chicago are leaving Chicago, and it's all because of the crime. You've got, and I saw story after story this week of looters going into uh, Walmarts and others, you know, CVS, Walgreens around the country, taking trash bags and just piling them up uh, full of stuff and walking out. So, you know, good for Walmart and, and Whole Foods are saying we just can't stay in these areas anymore because of the crime and, and the looting that's occurring within our stores. Look, I'm, I'm going to go and say if the government is not going to protect private entities, they should have the authority to protect themselves. They should, and they're just not, they they can't though. I mean, none of the workers, I mean, I think the companies are telling their workers don't do anything because they don't want them in harm's way. Of course they are, because the lawsuit is, is I'm I'm talking about uh, a security guard. Yeah, uh, our security. And and start popping people. When it starts getting (laughs) dangerous to be a thief. Yes, they'll stop. You'll you'll stop seeing petty thieves. Um, Look, I, I, I don't blame either one of them. I mean... When we talk about San Francisco, we talk about Chicago. You're in Chicago a good bit. If you stay in the touristy areas, if you go to go to Wrigley, you're fine, right? Uh, if you're around where the where most of the nice hotels are, the nice restaurants, you're probably fine. Uh, but that's not that's not Chicago any more than. Uh, you know, right then the uh, uh, the aquarium is Atlanta, <laughs> right? You know, if 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 you flew to Atlanta and all you saw was the airport and that that area right where the Mercedes Benz Stadium is, and you can walk over to CNN, you can walk to the uh, you're like, oh, this is a super safe city. No, no, go 300 yards in any direction. Yep. So yeah, that's very, sim- so- very similar to Atlantic City. I was once up there and. You know, Atlantic City to boardwalk is fine, but if you literally go 100 yards 
inland, you are in a really, really rough area. That's a lot of places like that. Charleston's like that. Uh, when, when you go to Charleston, you get off you get off the interstate, and you are in a really bad neighborhood. And then you cross one street, and everything's beautiful. And then you find out the way Charleston cops do that is if you're out of place, if you look out of place, if you're in a if you have a local tag and you don't look like a tourist, you're you're getting asked what are you doing here, right? Now, do I agree with that policing? No, but that's what the that's what municipalities do to protect their 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 money makers, their tourist areas. Yeah, and the new mayor of Chicago this week spoke out against Walmart leaving, saying he was basically leaving neighborhoods with no other means for the the people in the neighborhood to buy groceries. But, I mean, he fails to address the problem. He just gets upset at Walmart for leaving, but won't say anything to the actual people doing the looting. And, you know, there's no accountability here whatsoever. It's just Walmart, stay here, continue to get looted so people can get food. Uh, without addressing the real problem. And this is going to continue to happen throughout the nation in these big cities. Yeah, we're not going to prosecute. We're not going to arrest. Uh, but you you don't have any right to close your store that, that hey, you you're keep your hemorrhaging store cash through. <laughs> right. And look, I, I don't blame Whole Foods either. I mean, I, uh, I'm, I've got a Whole Foods not far from me. There's one in Kennesaw. And I'll stop there for lunch every once in a while. But... The D bag level is rather high. <laughs> a lot of man buns in there. There are a lot of man buns, but they've got a they've got a great salad and hot bar. For somebody like me who who usually eats lunch you know, on the run, if I'm near Whole Foods, it's, that's a good place to get a. a hey Dave, a, I've always been impressed by just being able to go in and go to the hot bar and have lunch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's and and you're in and out quickly and, and all that stuff. But as far as like shopping at Whole Foods, no, I, I just can't take that much vinegar and water. <laughs> uh, so Catoosa County allows you to have chickens, but they have conditions. Yeah, I saw this coming from and Catoosa County. For people that may not know, is right up on the border of Georgia, Tennessee, below Chattanooga. So it's as far north as you can go. Very rural area up in North Georgia. And I saw this from a friend's Facebook page or a friend's Facebook page up in, uh, up that way, basically crack down on people. You can't, and the main headline I saw is you can't sell chicken eggs anymore. So if you're a, you have chickens in Catoosa County, do not try to sell your chicken eggs to your neighbors any longer. First of all, egg money is centuries old. Oh yeah, totally. That, I mean, Especially when you talk about the the eighteen hundreds in America, where women didn't work, they would supplement their husband's income with egg money. Yeah, and with the price of eggs, you know, over the last year going up to five, six dollars a dozen, I assume that the Catoosa County wants their uh, wants their tax money. Uh, somebody will be will be will be smart, and they will uh, give free eggs for a donation. For a donation, hundred percent. Yeah, but some of the stipulations here, it was funny that, so if you, you can, if you have a, up to one acre of land, you can now have eight chickens on your land, which are, and they have to be female chickens, so they have to be hens. And if you have more than uh, an acre, you can have actually up to 12 chickens on your property. So thank you, commissioners in Catoosa County, for telling people how many chickens they can keep. But your chickens also have to be well-maintained. They have to be adequately fed, watered, and otherwise cared for. I don't know if they have some kind of patrol going around making sure that chickens are, are fed in Catoosa County. Yes, I thought it, it's was... Officer Karen. <laughs> Officer Karen is now checking on people's chickens to make sure they've got enough chicken feed out in the yard. But uh, they, can't be, they can't be kept in multifamily, crazy. including duplexes. Right, which... had to, have to be kept 25 foot away from any property line and 50 feet away from your neighbor's house. Yeah, and the thing, the thing about the duplex is if it's okay with the with the property owner and they have they have the space for it, what does the county care if a duplex has a chicken coop? Yeah, I don't know. This is uh, it's, it's it's very odd to get into get into the specifics of, of livestock at the county level. Um, 
Yeah, this is kind of the age old debate, though. And, and even when I was in serving in the legislature, private property rights versus the rights of a governmental agency, whether it's a municipality or county or the state, what are the rights of the private property owner to do whatever they choose on their land, whether it's to have chickens, whether it's to put a camper on, you know, on your on your land, whether you can paint your house yellow. Like we're really, there's a big battle. And if, you know, if you don't pay much attention to this, there's always this big battle, especially at the local level on private property rights. And what can you do with your private property versus what can a county tell you to do? If you want to be in somewhere more restrictive, go to an HOA. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, obviously you, you move out to the country to have a country lifestyle. If you have an acre of land, you decide you want to keep chickens. I mean, some of this didn't need to be said, which is chickens uh, shall not be allowed to trespass onto neighbor properties. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure the chickens know that, right? Well, if a chicken gets out, what's what's the penalty? I know. Because, I mean, Rick Ross had a damn buffalo get loose. <laughs> yeah, he lived over I, in, I, uh, I, what, the Fed? County area, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm actually doing work for, on his on his guest house, and I yeah, I, that property is enormous. It is, and I saw the offending buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got a lot of even where I live down here, we've got a lot of NIMBY people. I don't know if everybody's heard that term, but it's the not in my backyard people. So, you've got a lot of people that live somewhere for a long time and have their chickens, and then all of a sudden the the new people move in, and we've got issues with. Uh, new versus old. And I feel like that happens a lot of times in counties like Catoosa where, you know, private property rights are being eroded yeah, because well, it's of rural, rural yeah. gentrification. It a hundred percent is I, I'm, I'm going to move seven Hills out here is uh, one of the nicer na- neighborhoods It's a giant uh, uh, housing development, but it was built on the old dump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's still a transfer station. And you still have people who have been in this county for two days complaining about the transfer station being right where they bought their house. Well, right. You bought the damn house. Yeah. Are people moving close to a, like a pig farm or a cattle farm and then complaining about the smell of the pig or cattle farm and wanting the county to come in and put regulations around, you know, the farm that's been there potentially for hundreds of years with a family. Yeah, yeah well, this, but you're right. It's rural gentrification. I hadn't heard that terminology before. But that's exactly. Well, what I just it made. Is. I just made it up. I just pulled hey, that one from, hey, from, from, from my love Botox. It. <laughs> uh, now, man, it's it's a uh, the 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 NIMBY stuff is is annoying. It's one of the if if anybody's ever watched my my board meeting, my board board of zoning appeal meetings, I I say very very little unless uh, I'm the co chair. So unless I have to run the meeting, I say very little. Motion to uh, approve. Motion to approve. <laughs> Second. And that's and that's it. I I don't care. Like you got to give me a compelling reason. And, and we have very little opposition anyway. You got to give a real compelling reason. Like someone wants to put a, a a pig pen right up on your property line. All right, that's that's a quality of life issue. Let's let you know, we need to talk about that. But I, I want to put my horse barn within uh, thirty five feet instead of fifty feet of my property line. Motion They're right to ahead. Yep. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, of getting uh, uh, livestock and getting fat, <laughs> legislators are uh, are did very well this session. Apparently, yeah, I saw this in the AJC this week. But it, they, every year that every year the AJC reporters that cover the Capitol come out and say, "How much did?" Uh, lobbyists spend on lawmakers during a 40-day session. So this year it was back what they said to pre-COVID levels. The lobbyists spent $642,000 on meals for lawmakers this year. Uh, If you do a little bit of arithmetic here, that's $2,700 and change per legislator for meals throughout the legislative session. Yeah. And you're talking about you're talking about that too. Is is go, going out to Howls or someplace someplace like that, and, and you know, it's, it's yeah, the levels and the spending level seventy five dollars per legislator. That's what's in the the rule book for Georgia. 
So what you see, if you go somewhere like Howl's, that, you know, Dave, you can't eat for $75 at Howl's unless you eat uh, a cheeseburger, I guess. Uh, what ends up happening is you have two or three legislators that will take lob- or will take lawmakers out so you can get 75 times three worth of uh, Howl's filet mignons. And, and, and dirty martinis. And dirty martinis, yes. And nice cabernet with your meal. Yeah, uh, this is this is an old story, it's, but it's one that that needs needs to be told over and over again. Because I know. You know, look, what I think is a little silly though is lobbyists can take legislators out for dinner, but they can't donate to lobbyists during session. I find that a little ironic that I can go have a three hundred dollar meal, but I can't take twenty five dollars in donations from a person back home in my district that likes my voting record at the Capitol. So I find that that, a little ironic. Yeah. That you can do this. That does make, make it tough on incumbents. Of course, the party makes up for that. If, if, if you're a protected incumbent, you don't need to raise a whole lot of individual money. No, they'll take care of you. Um, but yeah, coming up next session, you're going to talk about getting out at, you know, towards the end of March and it's time to qualify. Yeah. Election will be right around the corner. Hey, that's a qualified during session. Yeah, so it'd, be, uh, you know, it'd be easier. You're already at the Capitol. Just walk over to the Secretary of State and sign your forms. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, so people may want to. Uh, people may wonder who are the top lobbyists at the Capitol, and I think it would surprise you. So the trial lawyers were the biggest spender. So this is the Trial Lawyers Association of Georgia. But then the second, I thought this was very interesting, is the lobbyists for. Superior Court judges. So they were the second biggest spender this session. So I find that a little ironic that these are Superior Court judges that are elected or appointed around the state. Their lobbyist organization spent the second most money taking legislators out. So obviously that's around funding and uh, giving Superior Court judges raises and ensuring that their offices are funding adequately throughout the year. They've got to make sure that money continues to come in. So that's that's exactly why that's uh, occurring. And then title palm vendors were number three. So all these that's title palm shops. Yeah. Uh, title palms, card dealers, they, they lobby hard. Well, the title palm stuff is, if anyone actually got into it, it's it's a, title palm is, is a bear trap for poor people. Yes, 100%. Uh, I'm going to give you $2,500 on a, on a $10,000 car at well above usury rates. Oh, these rates and, can be 70, 80% sometimes, even up close to 100% interest. It's a very predatory practice. It is. I mean, that's it. Uh, uh, pawn shops, less so. I mean, I know people who own pawn shops, and, and pawn shop is you know, usually a, a, your luxury item that you'll uh, that you go in and pawn. I've known business owners who've had to go and pawn their Rolex to make payroll. And then, and then when the you know they get they get their receivables in, you go back in, you, you pay the twenty percent on top of whatever it is, and get your watch back. But I've 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 known business owners to do that to make payroll, right? Which you know not not to not to kiss our own butts, but you know that's something that employees don't see is the is the is the business owner having having to go to to a pawn shop to make to make sure he can make sure that you have food on your table. Yep. But yeah, the, the title pawn is, is interesting to me that they're that they're in the top three. Trial lawyers doesn't surprise me because they don't want to eliminate any laws that lead people to go to trial. <laughs> exactly. All right. On the subject of trials, uh, DeSantis signed a bill to ensure uh, uh, juries are, are to to uh, uh, realign the number of jurors it takes to put a prisoner to death. Yeah, I've heard of this over the last few years, where states typically. For someone to receive the death penalty, you know, after they've been convicted of a crime, then you have to have 12 out of 12 jurors to say this person, you know, they ought to vote yes for the death penalty. So Florida just passed SB 450 this week, which actually reduces that number of jurors down from eight to 12 for the death penalty. You know, that's. The death penalty is a, is a difficult subject. Because most of the people that are put to death, I don't give a damn about. Uh, you know, if, uh, if 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 you catch somebody molesting your child, you just pull out a gun right there and shoot them. No problem on me. If I'm sitting in that jury, it's nullified. <laughs> right. Uh, 
But I'm also queasy about the idea of the state putting people to death because the state gets it wrong all the time. I am too. Hannah Cox is a death penalty. She's trying to get death penalty uh, done away with in a lot of states. And uh, she actually lives in Georgia now, but big time activist for that. She posted a study the other day that said 10% of people on death row are actually innocent. So, you know, when I saw that stat, it really makes you kind of stand up and go, man, are we, we're executing the state is executing some innocent people here that are on death row. And does that make you feel good? And do you like that? And I, you know, honestly, I I don't, I don't know if I believe the, the, the stat of 10%. Um, here's the deal. We don't know how many, because we stop investigating once they're, once they're dead. Right. So, you know, the, 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 Amnesty International, the Innocence Project, all those folks, you know, it's not that they don't want to find justice for the family. It's that, all right, this one's done. Let's, we've got to move this, move this off our docket, move on to the next one. But we see people that are released from life uh, sentences, uh, found not guilty. And and a lot of times it's 30 years later when technology has advanced to the point where we can analyze the evidence better. Yep. And the reason, uh, you know, came out of this, or the reason this law passed is, if you remember the Parkland shooter a few years ago, he was up for the death penalty. And how many, I forget how many people the Parkland shooter ended up killing it. I remember right, it was 40 plus, Dave. But when he went to his death Senate or death penalty sentence, three jurors voted to spare his life. Uh, So that's what Governor Ron DeSantis said, as he said, he's proud to sign legislation that will prevent families from having to endure what the Parkland families have and ensure proper justice will be served in the state of Florida. So by taking it down from 12 out of 12 to 8 out of 12, his point is the Parkland shooter would have been on death row and, you know, would be eventually, you know, killed by the state of Florida or put to death by the state of Florida. You know, I have a theory that this will actually reduce the number of death sentences. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's going to lead to a lot more people pleading out. And it may put innocent people in prison because their options are either you you, you take life in prison or death in prison. Right. Uh, So that, that, that may, that may lead to, may lead to, to more pleads. I don't know. I, I, I think if, if it needs to be unanimous to convict him, Needs to be unanimous to 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 put them to death. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I I don't think this is going to do what he what he wants to do. I don't like legislation that is that is written to address one thing that happened. It's not this is not rampant through the state of Florida that killers are walking. That's not that's not what's happening. This is in reference to one instance, one time, and a guy who still will never walk free in society. No, he's going to die in jail. And this is like you said. This is the governor down there not liking a jury verdict and then the legislature getting together, passing a law that's directed at that one case. And so and I'm, look, I'm bet- not a big fan of legislation. that does this be- between death row and Smith state <clears throat> prison. I'll take death row. <laughs> yeah. Smith I'll, state down, yeah, down in South yeah, Georgia is terrible. I'll, I'll take the 25 years in a, in a private cell and, and, and the hot shot at the end rather than go and, and get shanked in a, in at Smith state prison. I don't think they give you that option, but this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. All right, the mule of the week last week was? Tax filing day, uh, April 18th this year. So this is an easy one for me. IRS is our mule of the week. I had to pay an exorbitant amount of taxes this year. And then I even got penalized. I was telling you, Dave, earlier for not paying enough taxes throughout the year. So not only did I have to write the check, the IRS a check for a a nice, tidy amount of money, they didn't penalize me $280 for not paying them that money throughout the year. And and how much do you get back from them when you overpay? (laughs) Yeah, zero, right? With no interest either. 
Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the IRS gives you money back with interest. Like you have to pay them if you're late. That would be an interesting penalty for the IRS, wouldn't it? I is know, to it have be. have them pay the average one year T bill rate to everything you overpay. Oh, yeah, totally. And what's what's funny about the IRS is I filed my taxes on Tuesday. They had taken my money out of my account by Wednesday. And I'm not sure if you're owed money. Do you get your money back that fast, or is that just a one way street where they? Uh, oh, that's a come that's a one way street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my, yeah. I, I I did the same thing. I, I went to went to my investment guy, dropped some money in, in my uh, in my uh, uh, separate employee pension, and uh, then ran back over to the uh, to the accountant's office, and and she goes, "Just want me just to have it debited?" I said, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> by, by the time I got home, that money was gone. I mean, they take it fast. And what's yeah, funny? And look, we can thank Congress. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it lately, but the response time when people actually call the IRS is down, I think, like 85%. And this all has to do with Congress giving the IRS, what was it, 80 plus billion dollars last year? So they could hire, I don't know how many agents it was, but so it sounds like they fully staffed up all their agents now. And if you have a problem with the IRS, you're more than welcome to call and you will get a quick response time. Or if you're Matt Taibbi, the IRS knocks on your door the morning yeah, or they'll you're supposed come after to testify you before Congress. Yeah, or they'll come after you a lot faster. So if you're a, a nonprofit that they don't like or a reporter that they don't like, yeah, they got plenty of people to come after you now. Yeah, that was a line in The American President. Uh, very liberal movie, but well made. Uh, where... Uh, the president tells, uh, it was Annette Benning, uh, I'll call you. She goes, well, oh, I forgot. You got the CIA. He goes, actually, the IRS is a lot, a lot easier to find information on people. <laughs> so work hard and live within your means. Screw you. Uh, home buyers with higher credit scores and the, the down payment necessary, 20%, are now going to pay a penalty for having good credit and money to put down. I know. And this is a new federal rule. So this is not legislation that was passed. This is just bureaucrats in D.C. up under the Biden administration putting a new rule in place that says, by the way, if you apply for a mortgage, you've got a great credit score of 680 or higher and you're putting down 20 percent. We are going to put a new fee on that mortgage. So they're going from like a 0.25% fee up to 1% surcharge now on your mortgage. And this is directly to subsidize subprime mortgages. Yeah, it is. So if you have a 670 or lower score and you only put down 5% or less of your mortgage, the actual fee that you pay now is getting discounted. So think about that. If I'm a got a great credit score, putting down 20%, I'm going to have to pay more, but if I have a bad credit score and I put down less, I'm actually getting a reduction in the amount of fees I would pay. Yes, this this is specifically aimed at uh, government-supported uh, mortgages like Fannie, Freddie, FHA. They don't mention it, but I assume VA would be exempt from this because it says private mortgages. Right, private mortgages, yep. This is if you're taking out a mortgage of Wells Fargo or or your local credit union, or any of those guys, uh, you're going to get hit with this fee. It's like they didn't live through 08. No, I thought this was what, I mean, this is exactly, it feels like a template of 08, where in 08, you could go buy a house without disclosing income or debts. Or it's like basically just signing your name income, on the dotted line. Yeah. Interest only. Interest only, no down payments. Yeah, interest only, ten year balloon notes. Yep. Which look, if if you're if you do what I do for a living, interest only is fine. Cause I have I, I'm highly seasonal and cyclical. So in fall and in spring, you pay interest only. And when you know you have uh, winters or, or obviously in Georgia summers, I'm able to I'd be able to, to pay more towards it. Mm-hmm. But what these folks were doing, these nine to fivers, was they were they were getting a, a interest only loan and then their DTI the debt to income looks really low, so they go out and buy a car, and <laughs> right. and then they finance all this other stuff, 
And when it gets to be nine and a half years, the bank's like, hey, we got to do something about this principal. And, and now their, their debt to income is too high to qualify for tradi- traditional mortgage and they lose the damn house. Right. You know, the subprime stuff from, from Dodd-Frank, uh, uh, Bonnie Frank, if you remember him. I do. Uh, his thing was home ownership is a basic human right. <laughs> so the federal yeah. government needs to step in. And, and the banks, what the banks were forced to do Everybody wants to blame the banks. Now it's government. What the banks are forced to do is you package, you'd have to package some bad loans in with good loans to secure, securitize them. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is you're getting the average is, is a decent loan. So you have some really good, some really bad. And the folks that are buying, these, buying this paper uh, know that they're going to lose a certain percentage. Well, when those certain percentages start start to go back to the bank, start to go back to Fannie and Freddie, um, Freddie actually had a program where they would take your house and then rent it back to you at income qualified rates. And then, because now it's a rental house, Freddie was on the hook for paying for all the repairs. <laughs> oh, nice. So now the government's paying uh, every time I need light bulbs replaced. Air yeah, conditioners. Yeah, people who, who didn't have air conditioning for two years when their house was going into foreclosure, all of a sudden, blocks somebody else. Got to be fixed. Got to have new stuff. They have to meet federal housing requirements. Well, this new rule starts on May first. That's what I found very strange about this. Is I just read this article this week, uh, end of April, and this is taking effect May first. So, not only are interest rates rising across the nation, and they're up to. I think I saw where a 30 year now is 6.75, but now so you're going to go in and take out a loan for 6.75. You're actually going to get hit by the surcharge. If you get a good credit score, um, you know, Dave, my biggest problem with this again is one of my biggest problems is these new rules that just bureaucrats are making. So this did not come from any legislative body. It's just a bunch of guys in DC making rules that, uh, have have no really oversight on them. I guess Congress could call them in to ask them about this rule, but at the end of the day, nothing's going to change here. Well, they say on a $400,000 house, it would add to the average mortgage $40 a month, which doesn't sound a lot, like a lot. Until you realize, I mean, that's f- almost fifteen grand. Yeah, it is, right. And I, I don't know this is, if it's going to affect refis. The 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 whole rule's not out yet. Or that at least we've been been able to see. But at least for home buyers, the the forty dollars a month is a four hundred grand. And look, in Metro Atlanta, four hundred grand is not a super nice house. No, it's not. I mean, most houses what six to eight hundred now in the metro area. Uh, yeah. If you get get a little closer to Atlanta, out here. For out here, uh, uh, four fifty five hundred is, is is a pretty nice house. I mean, obviously, even some like in Bentwater and Seven Hills area, which is the area I was talking about, uh, where where the dump was, uh, you know, in a neighborhood upwards of a million. Mm-hmm. Not and, cheap. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I I don't know personally. If I spend a million dollars, I don't want to be in a neighborhood. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in I, an H O. I'm in an H O A, but I'm H O A S are, are not a lot of fun to be in. No, man, I, I want to be able to see you coming from, you know, a, a thousand yards out down my driveway if I spend yep. a million. HOA sound, sound a lot better until you actually get into one, and then they're really bad. Well, yeah, but you buy it because you drive the neighborhood and everything looks so nice. I know. And you don't realize what, what the iron fist it takes to keep it looking like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then your neighbors, neighbors ratch you out. <laughs> oh, you see, the Polans didn't take the trash can in last night. I know, didn't shut their garage during the day. Yeah, uh, uh, he had his boat in his driveway for the entire weekend. I have it. <clears throat> Look, Dave, the country's getting further and further out now. I used to think we lived in a country, and uh, we are Metro Atlanta almost. It feels like now. Yeah, I mean, it's you, know, you get you get some of those ladies that go on there. They have nothing else to do. The kids, the kids are in school. It's a little too early to open the bottle of wine. <laughs> so let's, let's go on a walk and everybody's got a camera in their pocket. Now with the phone, 
If you see something, they just snap pictures. The trash trash can lid is off. Uh, garage door was left open. Uh, oh, look, he's got chipping paint on, on some of the fascia board. But hey, <laughs> you, you signed the, you sign the agreement. All right, so congratulations to President Biden on a second term. Yeah, I thought this was a catchy little title. Uh, as, this, as we drop the show next week, President Biden will be announcing that he is running for a second term. So there was some, you know, there were some people that thought he might not, but he is. And look, I, I know I'm being kind of facetious here, but I think Donald Trump at this point has secured the nomination for the Republican Party. And I don't know about you, but I don't think President Trump can beat anybody next year. And this was just like Herschel Walker. I told all my friends, Herschel Walker has no chance of winning. Nominate anyone except Herschel. And the Republicans nominated Herschel. They're going to do the same thing with Trump. And they're going to nominate President Trump again. And he's going to have zero chance of beating President Biden. I think you can get crossover voters um, in, the, in the primary where you know that the, the sitting president is, go, is going to get the nomination. Oh, 100%. Democrats it, 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 want Trump to be the nominee. Yes. Yeah. So, so you get, you get pre, uh, uh, Democrats that will cross over in states like Georgia and vote for Trump because uh, that's who they want to face. They don't, they don't really want to face a DeSantis. Yeah. and uh, I mean, I thought DeSantis was going to do better and have a better – I mean, he hasn't declared for president yet – but he has had a really botched rollout so far. His book tour didn't go well. He's having some issues down in Florida. The law we just passed was a, uh, I'm not sure many people know about that, but I don't like that. And then he went up to DC this week. And while he was in DC, sitting members of uh, Florida's congressional district endorsed President Trump. So he can't even get the, you know, the people in his state now, legislators to endorse him next year. He's having a really, really rocky rollout. Oh, and, and look, a lot of that is fear of Trump. It is, uh, yes. As far as the lawmakers endorsing him, is, is you really don't want to end up on his bad side. Uh, at this point, like the, the, the rollout was too slow, uh, has been too slow, and continues to be too slow. Uh, he's played this willy-wony game. And, and look, I don't blame him for, for, for doing that because there's no reason to declare as early as Trump did. But when he painted himself, I think Kellyanne Conway said it on, on one of the shows I watched, that when he came out as the, as the uh, anti-Trump option, he really screwed up with Republicans. Instead of coming out as anti-Biden, as, as you know, is coming out and, and, and not hitting Trump. And, and, and now these pro-Trump PACs are nailing DeSantis. Oh, yes. They've come out with two or three ads already hitting DeSantis. Uh, they've really come out hard. It's been, I've been sort of surprised to see how it's come out this early. But Trump's pounding him early. He doesn't want him to get any momentum as the primary approaches next year. And, and it's working. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad strategy is, is don't give him any air. Don't let them breathe. Uh, make, no, make them start. Make them start spending money before he even declares. I agree. And the more people, you know, what I'm seeing, like in Georgia, Governor Kemp is obviously not a President Trump fan. And this week, he went on. He talked to the the RNC, and he went on a couple of talk shows over the weekend. He said, you know, we have to tell people. This is a quote from Governor Kemp. He said, we have to tell people number one what we're for, and number two that we're not going to be focused. We're going to be focused on the future. And what we're going to do for voters in our state are the American people and not continuing to look backwards. So that's definitely a hit against Trump because Trump continues to relitigate that the last election and, uh, you know, this voter, you know, stolen dominions, you know, switching votes and all that stuff. And Governor Kemp's like, we got to look into the future and tell people what we're up for. I'm not sure Republican voters care, Dave. I, I think we're still rehashing the 2020 election. And I think, that's a winning message for Trump right now is the election was stolen and I'm your guy. It is in the primary. It is not in the general. No, it's not in a general at all. No, in the not. general, he, he needs to be hitting against the uh, January 6th uh, commission. He needs to be saying, I'll pardon them on uh, day one. Uh, 
he needs to be doing that stuff to get civil libertarians. I'm not talking about big L's. I'm talking about the little L's that are on the left and right of libertarianism that believe in, in civil liberties. Yeah. And, and come out and say, this is what I'll do on day one. I'm not thrilled about Trump. Uh, biggest part is they already waited him out for four years once. I mean, they did it. They waited him out. What what makes you think that this he's going to be any more successful in getting any permanent changes done? Right. And did he reform problem, the tax like, code? No. What's that? And look, no, I like Trump when he came in, but he surrounded himself with a lot of Republican establishment guys in D.C. He did not have a great record on gun control or the Second Amendment, and I'd love to have somebody disagree with me on that. But he actually banned bump stocks, and there were other uh, gun items that he did not have a great record on. And look, on the national debt, it blew up up under Trump. And I know some of that was with COVID coming around. But Trump, I mean, if you really look at the the record of Trump, it was not great. It's going to be interesting to see them dance around the vaccine. Yes. Because they're both guilty on that one. Yeah, totally guilty. Uh, Trump pushing it through, getting it fast-tracked. Uh, Trump first sh- starting the shutdown. And, and we know now that that, that did nothing to, to, to curb COVID and, and did everything to help destroy the economy. Uh, he yep. started the, the, the inflation with the, with the checks going out with his signature on them. Yeah, the Trump checks. It's, it's going to be very hard for him to draw separation between the two of them. Uh, he's going to have the border uh, and the, the, the penalties that the government, the government has been paying to the contractors for not continuing the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll ha- he'll have the border, but, but it, that, that's gotta be strong. I don't know if that's a strong enough subject for the CNN watcher. Yeah. I don't think it is either. And Look, I, I tell he's, you, he's the- already got, he's already got the Fox news people. The, the, the people that turn on Fox News at, at 7 o'clock in the morning with, with Fox and Friends and turn it off with Hannity at night, those people are already voting Republican. Right. You need the people <clears throat> that, that, that flip around. You need the people that watch, that read CNN, that read uh, PMSNBC. Yeah, it's uh, the 5% in the middle now that are really controlling elections. It's that 5 to 10%. Everybody else is in their own camps uh, in general elections. Now, he may five. be able to hammer on Ukraine. That's that's yeah. that's quite possible. I think that's and, a winning message. Yeah, and maybe China. And, China. and say, look, China, <laughs> China is, is, is come out and say, look, when they took the when they took the tariffs away, they they funded the Chinese military. Uh, which I truly believe is every time when you buy a pair of Nikes, you're funding the Chinese military. But so those are those on the international stage are. Are, are winning issues, especially Ukraine, the, the money that we're pouring into Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine's uh, a total winning message in a general primary or in a general election. And that, and if he can keep his cool in a debate, I want to see three uh, general election debates. And I would like to see, I assume Trump at this point is going to be the nominee. Keep your cool. Don't talk over each other. Let Biden talk and then just point at him and go, does anybody know what the hell that guy said? <laughs> Yeah, Biden's going to have a tough time. Yeah, and the last thing for me on this topic, I mean, the more the establishment Republicans come out against President Trump in a primary next year, the more uh, people in rural Georgia are going to support Trump. So I know Governor Kemp is a DeSantis guy, or he's a never-Trumper at this point, but that's just going to give Trump more popularity in the rural areas. I mean, people love the guy that's not loved by the establishment. So you let the Chris Christie's of the world come out against Trump, more people are going to love Trump. It's just that simple. Hey, look, it's, it, it'd be nice if during the primaries, instead of attacking each other, they said, here's my plan. And the other guy says, this is my plan. Uh, if, if I win, you support me. If you win, I support you. And, and put it out to the voters. But th- that, that sort of civility just doesn't exist. Yeah, I think those days are long gone. If they ever existed. 
If they ever existed. Yeah, I'm not sure they did. <laughs> I mean, look, Reagan had a, had a rule, never attack a fellow Republican. Uh, and, and, I, and that's how I think Bush ended up being his vice president was they didn't hit each other. Yeah, I hear that Reagan rule all the time. But look, even in a GOP within Georgia, all they do is have infighting. And you'll have people come out one day and say, never hit another Republican. And then the next day they're attacking one of their fellow Republicans. So I, I sort of chuckle when I hear people say that. And well, and, and that really has to do with national politics, the local stuff. Look, if you're running for state rep out here, the primary's it. That's that's your election. Everything else is a formality. Don't get talk, caught with a dead girl or live boy. That's it. <laughs> don't do anything stupid. Keep going to the chamber luncheons. Knock on doors. Don't do anything yeah, that's stupid. It. No, that's it. For the next six months, and you're in. You know, all the you know the majority of the money is, is spent, at least the private money is spent dur- during the during yeah, the, uh, the primary. primary. Yeah, you're giving so, yeah, you, money to general. <laughs> so that's where that's where you get things like the the Senate race we had out here a couple of years ago, where a flyer went out as insinuating one of one of the uh, uh, candidates was gay. Uh, n- another thing got floated out that uh, uh, Jason Avatarde, who is of Puerto Rican descent, also an American. His father, who, who, who came from Puerto Rico, is an American because he was born in Puerto Rico. I saw that. And, and, yeah, and I believe a, a vet, I know, but I, I think he was a Vietnam vet. Um, you know, is he, is he qualified to run for office? Like, oh, God. What's, I mean, what is wrong with people? So anyway, running long, Kenny. What you got for a final thought? Yeah, real quick. I, Jeff Jackson a new Democrat congressman from North Carolina. I'll just be real quick, but he actually came out this week against all this uh, fake outrage by colleagues in D.C. So, look, I appreciate this guy. We've got a lot of fake outrage on both sides of the political spectrum. I like this new guy for calling out fake outrage by his own colleagues, members of his own party. I appreciate that. I'm going to have to take a look at this Jeff Jackson guy from North Carolina and actually see – what kind of substance he has, but you know, I, I'm like you, Dave, I, I hate all this outrage on both sides of the political political spectrum. It just continues to keep us divided. So good for this guy of actually calling it out. He's, he's put it on an act too. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, he's trying to come off as the reasonable guy. Um, look, I said for years that they'll yell at each other on the floor. And then as soon as the cameras are off, slap each other on the back on where we're we going to dinner tonight. Oh, all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that happened to you guys at, at the Capitol when you were there. Yep, all the time. Is, you know, they'd call you evil and you want to kill babies and everything else. And then, then uh, the gavel comes down. It's like, all right, so how's? Yeah, where good. are we going to lunch? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my closing thought is uh, I've got a customer I've, I've had for, for several years. Uh, true, true American success story. Uh, immigrated. Uh, he's African. Immigrated. He's got, his kids are... are Awesome. Uh, one played in, in uh, the Twins organization for a while. Uh, the other uh, is head of baseball operations in a minor league. But he, you know when you meet young people that have something going on that, that, that they can interact. I, I, a while ago, I met, met a son that was playing with the Twins. And first of all, the kid was built, is built like uh, Jason Hayward. I mean, six foot seven Python arms and, and just nice as he could be polite as he could be. Uh, I, I met his daughter this week. He had, he had a, a surgery. So his daughter was helping take care of him. I had to, uh, obviously coming for surgery, having no air conditioning sucks. So, but it was just, it's, it's so nice to see when you get away from the political spectrum, what real life is like oh, yeah, and totally meet qu- quality people that, that raise quality kids who in turn will, you know, see what a functional family looks like at home, and they they know they can transfer that into their families, and because you see what what uh, a, a partnership between a husband and wife are, and raising kids, and and sacrificing for yourself to provide for them, and that's what they'll do for their kids. Yep. So that's that's, that's my, my my thought with that is, is totally non political. So I on that thought. Big thanks to Eric Cumby who takes our audio and turns it into something you can listen to. Ken Pollan, my partner in this endeavor. 
I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon